Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Hello, 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 and welcome to the UK Film Review Podcast. You are here with me, your host this evening. Ian Lunny, and I'm here with a fantastic panel of uh, critics. I have Robert. Give us a hello. Hello. Uh, we have the amazing Rachel. Say hello as well. Hello. <laughs> and finally, we have Lucy as well. Give us a hello. Hiya. Sorry, I didn't give you guys an amazing as well. The fantastic Robert and the fabulous Lucy. There we go. <laughs> you take that away from me. I felt good about myself then. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we are here this evening to discuss the career of Carrie Mulligan and also her most recent film, Promising Young Woman, uh, which we have all seen now, which is great. Um, so I guess a good place to start would be us discussing um, our opinions on Carrie Mulligan's career and I guess her as a performer overall. So I guess let's start on my screen at the bottom. Lucy, give us a shout out at what do you think about Carrie Mulligan? Um, I really love her work and I think she's such a kind of chameleon type of actor where all of her different roles are so different from the one before because you think, oh, she really started off maybe with Doctor Who with Blink. And now mm. you see her doing kind of promising young woman. And those roles have nothing in common. And I would say each of her roles are so individual. It's quite amazing because a lot of actors and actresses, you know, they might end up being a bit typecast, but she's really avoided that, which I think is pretty, pretty cool. 
It's true. Um, I do you know what? Until you just mentioned that, I completely forgot she was on Doctor Who. I actually just completely <laughs> slipped my mind in the build up to this episode. Um, I just did not realize she was on that episode. And do you know what? As a little kid, I loved that episode of Doctor Who. So yeah, no, definitely completely agree with you. Um, yeah. So next, Robert, what do you think? Oh, um, I, I really like her too. And uh, put, like the main, if if we're kind of giving like reasons, I think like. The, the main reason for me is because like she's so, she's so like outside Hollywood you know she's not like um she's she's doing major films but she's not like doing uh like franchise films or like or, or like all the, the type of films that feel mainstream they always have this sort of like like kind of genuine artistic quality to them you know um yeah, and definitely. that and so so I feel like in that sense it's like and she always picks I feel like for the most part she always picks good films to star in um even if they're not like amazingly good there's still something about them that's interesting and memorable and she always kind of like bring uh, like brings a lot to the roles and she always she always brings subtlety but also a lot of like heavy emotion as well yeah i completely agree with you i think that's a really good point with her it's not lack of mainstream success because I think she's very successful, but it feels like she's very selective with the roles she picks. And it feels as if she's selecting ones that are perhaps, as you say, a bit more able to show the emotional weight of her performances. Um, so Rachel, uh, do you agree or perhaps do you not? <laughs> yeah, I can I completely agree with Rob, what Robert just said. She's got that like indie queen vibe that used to kind of exist in the 90s that we used to put on certain actresses which is kind of cool. And I dig that about her and, and she does pick some really interesting roles for herself. She's got amazing diversity and, um, you know, yeah, I dig her stuff, man. I've seen her in a wide range of stuff and she's, she's killing it, man. Yeah. I, I again, I could agree. I think this is, it's nice to be on a podcast where we have a, I guess a general agreement over the talent of somebody. Cause the uh, only other podcast, I guess I've been on a big, like a group discussion was Christopher Nolan, which I was very much up against it with my opinions, but let's not get into that one. Um, yeah, no, it, I completely agree with you as well. I think it, she is I, particularly comparatively to her contemporaries. You know, I think she is probably one of the best if not the best of her contemporaries in her performances she's got such emotional weight and depth to what she brings and i think a lot of the time she's the emotional heart of those films that she's in um which i guess brings us really well to her most recent film and the one that's probably the biggest point of discussion in this podcast i imagine which is promising young woman which um a pro- yes promising young woman sorry i panicked there i was like did i call it the right name uh, <laughs> so um yeah no it's i've just watched it hence why perhaps i'm a bit jittery uh, after such an intense film um i am fascinated to hear your opinions on this film as i think online it's been a little bit diversive with people uh i personally loved it uh i gave it a solid four out of five i really 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 enjoyed this film and it might go higher but i am fascinated to hear your opinions so i guess we'll work it the opposite way around this time so rachel um let's hear from you and i guess it will open up to a bigger discussion about the film after we've heard everybody's thoughts oh yeah um yeah that film floored me on obviously two levels, a personal level, and then obviously a, a film critic level, obviously a film critic level. I absolutely, one of the things that struck me most, obviously if you take away the storyline aside, because that's like, that's quite a personal hard hitting thing for a lot of people. Um, the aesthetic of this movie. Yeah. I cannot put my finger on what the metaphorical angle behind it is. Everything is very pastel, yeah. very girly, very almost, there's like scenes where everything's very youthful and like, kinder like within its mm. colors and things like that 
And she's, whenever she's not dressed up to see the dudes and stuff, there is this very strong juxtaposition of her looking incredibly innocent, incredibly mm. sweet, like almost like she's not grown out of her youth. And then the, the parents' home is the same. It's this very preserved and clean and straight lined pastel house. And um, yeah, I couldn't, I can't put my finger on what the filmmaker is trying to do with that. And again, it could be the juxtaposition between when you go into the men's environment, mm -hmm. it's very sort of, um grimy or yeah grimy autumnal colors and things like that and you get that sense of foreboding when she's with men and when she's in the club she's dressed up in the dark the black the gold the heavy makeup mm. and it's that that really interesting juxtaposition that makes you go i'm in a man's house danger mm. when she's alone when she's at work she, obviously she works with her boss who's another woman things like that everything's safe everything's passed out everything's soft it's very interesting that and i think the um the theme i guess of discussion there with um almost youth like um is something mm -hmm. that's going to be very interesting i think as a point of discussion going forward with this film because i think there's very much a discussion over you know is she stunted in the life or at least broken from after the events of the film yeah. to not progress and it's almost like everything in her world even the way it's shot looks as if it hasn't progressed at places but it's a very 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 good point <clears throat> how Sorry. old was she meant to be in the film i could was she 30, 30? it was her yeah, 30th yeah, well, uh, I thought birthday it was the birthday part with the suitcase yeah, yeah. even the Definitely. suitcase was pastel pink yeah yeah it's it, you 100 it's got a such a great way of being shot um mm. and it definitely shows the themes of the film through its cinematography yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, yeah, so Robert, what, what were your thoughts? And then we can get into a bigger sort of discussion with each other. Yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. Uh, I don't think any of the films that have been like, you know, nominated for like Best Picture or whatever have like stuck with me as much as this one did. Um, it's, it's both like, it, it's the kind of film that like, I feel like has been kind of a long time coming in a sense um, in the I've seen quite a few other movies that tackle that try to kind of take this sort of feministic viewpoint to this sort of revenge movie or this kind of this story about sexual assault. You know, it's like we're it's like I've seen films in the past that are kind of like that. And this sort of feels like a combination, the, the culmination of various other attempts that maybe weren't as successful or maybe weren't recognized at the time. But it feels like it's like that. And it's a it's a film about that those subjects done brilliantly well. It's got really excellent characters. You know, every character, even people who just appear in two scenes, are like fleshed out, interesting, and complex. Completely agree it's with the, you. It, it's a film that blends genre where, very well. It's kind of it's definitely got some humor humor to it, and it does have that like glittery aesthetic. But it is a very very dark story, and mm. it manages to balance both being like very satisfying and kind of a downer at the same time you know and you know the uh, the, uh, the protagonist is is um uh cassie is one of the most like like it, it's 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 definitely a film that kind of challenges your own morals as well mm, it, it, it kind of asks you to like you know it, it like no, uh, uh, not only in the stuff that it's talking about but also with the main character it's kind of it's 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 never like outright saying oh, you should love this character or you should hate this character. It's more just kind of presenting her and saying, like, do you think that she's doing the right thing? And to some people, they might say yes. And to other people, they might say no. You know, um, yeah, really well done. A really incredibly unpredictable story. I had no idea where it was going. And, yeah, just, yeah, and the ending was fantastic as well. And it, 
it, it definitely it like it's it's the kind of ending that really really stayed with me you know it's making me it catches you doesn't it yeah it, yeah. it, it, it does catch you yeah 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 and yeah and also i want to say as well like it's it, it, this movie is probably required viewing for any male i think <laughs> yeah I'd, i, I think, think you're probably right for, i think um, any male as well it's a, it's a very it's a very interesting one because I think you're right when you're talking about the description of character. Um, there's so many. Even her friend who she works with and her boss is somebody who I care for in this film, even though they're only there briefly. And it's a film that I think, in many ways, it does challenge the way you look at your protagonist. It challenges the way you look at some of the antagonists. You know, obviously, you know our main antagonist is somebody who is a, a very fundamentally bad person. But we have other characters through the journey who we believe as being somebody who's okay and, and somebody who we trust who then turn out to not be those people. And it, it does challenge our perceptions of those people, those individuals. And um, yeah, we can get into those characters a bit more. Just a pre-warning to anybody who's 10 minutes into this podcast and is considering are they going to spoil the film? I'm going to say yes. <laughs> I'm going to say <laughs> after, we've done, <laughs> after we've done these uh, our preambles and our discussions and you don't want to know the rest, just pause here. Just pause here, go watch it and then come back and listen to our uh, spoiler discussion of it because I do think it's a film, after I watched it, I spoke to my flatmate and uh, his partner and they were like, oh, you know, do, what did you think? You know, tell me what you thought. And I was like, it's really hard to talk about this film without spoiling the actual film <laughs> because there's a lot of it that I want to be like, oh, this bit, it will, it will kick you. Like, it's going to get you. Um, but Lucy, last but not least, tell us your opinions on it as well. So there was definitely, um, some of you guys touched on the casting and I thought it was really great that all of the male characters were all we were all familiar with them in like comedic yeah. roles before and they'd all been kind of like the funny nice guy who would never hurt somebody especially somebody like Bo Burnham who is just I don't know yeah, the yeah. nicest kind of persona you know on the planet really and yeah, so Bo was, Burnham's always like spoke up for women's rights and stuff I've noticed in his comedy shows as well I was going to say yeah. unless you've watched him on Parks and Rec where he plays a bad guy but that's fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, but you know carry on Lucy (laughs) Um, but I thought that was quite interesting because you go into the film and you go oh right all these people that I've seen before who I like how could they be responsible for these kind of acts and then your kind of understanding of these characters quickly crumbles as it really gets into the Mm. kind of nitty gritty of actually these characters might seem nice on the surface but they've done a lot of stuff um, which is Kind of morally not great um yeah yeah definitely i think 100 percent. yeah it did make me want to like buy all of her clothes as well so. <laughs> that's great what were you gonna say oh, robert was, that's so, a great so, opinion, so i wanted that's to really just great. contribute on like on the casting thing so yeah I, yes. yeah I, so so i agree that that is very very intelligent i mean the especially because like they cast like clancy brown as her father and he's mostly known for playing evil roles you know but yes in this, yeah in this one i think he's probably the only decent male guy like purely decent. i was saying this afterwards too yeah he feels like the only male character in it who i feel is not somebody that you can fundamentally go that's you've done something important yeah you know like yeah he's the only person there i yeah. completely well, agree yeah with but, you. but i will um, say in terms of that I, I i didn't on first viewing i didn't actually pick up on that on the whole like all of the male actors are associated with like nice roles because like I mean, for the most, and, and I was going through in my mind, like very, very specifically, and I was thinking, like, eh, no, I don't associate McLovin with, like, you know, 
uh, like, 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 <laughs> like playing good guys. I don't, I don't associate like the guy who played Al with playing decent guys. I don't even associate mm. Bo Burnham with playing nice people. And that's just because I feel I like from the beginning, I was like, okay, you seem too good to be true. There has to be something with you. Was, yes. I was I was yeah. thinking about that. I was surprised where, where it went, but I was still thinking about that. And also, like at the beginning, when it's like it's Adam Brody as the guy who mm. takes him back, uh, t- takes her back at the beginning. I thought myself like, uh, no, uh, Jennifer's body. I've seen that. No, no, you're not going to be a good <laughs> yeah. guy. Well, in the back of my head, all I could think about with her dad was um, I was trying to place where I heard his voice before, and it's um, obviously he's been in a lot of things, but I realised it was Mr. Krabs from Mrs. Yeah. Sp- from SpongeBob, and I what? was like, I never knew that. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god, it's Mr. Krabs. Money, but you know, you're 100 percent right, Robert. I think when I first watched it, well, I've only watched it once, which is today. I did not watch it being like these characters I associate with being uh, perhaps good roles, but certainly, or good characters, I mean, like good people. But certainly after watching it and reading a couple of reviews of it, they do highlight a lot of these people are more known for comedic roles and comedy roles, like Lucy's pointed out. Um, Something particularly talking about the casting, I guess the character and what we're talking about, fundamentally flawed male roles. Um, Ryan uh bo burnham's character um we're in the spoilers now we're getting into it and we're gonna just we're just gonna open up to conversation now we've had our opinions so let's just argue with each other no um something i got from him was like obviously he's very fundamentally flawed and what he did was incredibly uh wrong something that i thought was really interesting in this entire narrative is that it feels like he himself has also been massively affected by this toxic masculinity and i think his behavior is very symptomatic or emblematic of the fact that people do nothing. And like there was, uh, what to pull it to comic books because I'm a massive comic book reader. Uh, one of my like all time favorite ones, and I think perhaps cliched ones, is Watchmen, where you have a particular character like Rorschach who gets into crime fighting because he hears of a woman being raped where everybody watched and did nothing. And it, it, I really found his actions incredibly interesting as like a flawed person and somebody who's incredibly as i say i don't want to say evil but incredibly wrong what he did and i think it's emblematic of what choices people would make in that situation and i, I say oh sorry yeah go ahead no go ahead please do please do i think there are two scenes that sum up perfectly well what you're saying about boma burnham his character rather um the scene where she's air quote faking being drunk getting carried out by that guy and he sees her outside the club mm-hmm She's clearly, when he sees her, visually very drunk and impaired and being carried away with this guy. Yeah. And instead of stopping and asking if she's okay and assessing the situation, he's like, I'm going to walk away and walk into the club, yeah. whatever, I'm done with yeah, you. Yeah. I understand in that moment, that's an emotionally charged moment, but they'd only been out on a couple of dates. He's not in love with her at this point, but he can't be bothered with her because he's more damaged of his, his male ego. Yes. And then the second time is when she confronts him in the doctor's office. Mm. And there's at no point, if you watch that scene, where he really apologizes to her or explains himself to her. Maybe that's because there isn't a window for it. I'm not sure. But he's more concerned with himself. He's more concerned about protecting that reputation. Again, the damage of the male ego. And that's something that is, yeah, it is so huge. I think there's scenes where guys say stuff and you can see him looking uncomfortable with their masculinity but there's when that scene with her being drunk outside the club that really bugged me i was like dude come on 
He he comes across. Like to drive her home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Ask if she's okay. There's so like a, he, as as a person, I've had like friends who are women. Well, they're not friends. I've had enemies who are women that I've seen in bars and clubs who mm. like these women I don't get on with, and I've seen guys doing that arm over the shoulder thing, and I've been like, no, 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 come with me. And I don't even like that person. Yeah. I and think, he's meant to like that girl, and it it stressed me out, man. It, I completely. I think that scene is really that's such a good example, and I hadn't actually thought of that scene as an example of what I was talking about there. But it, you are so right that his choice of being like, "Oh, I'm done with you," My is very ego. Exactly. Yeah, hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I feel so much that it it really does a good job of showing the sort of like um, not the toxic, say, like the owl character, the one who commits. Uh, this sexual assault and rape um the more the actions of perhaps the uh, for a lack of a better term the average male this ego that gets affected by what he's seeing and yeah i hadn't actually thought of that scene i had thought more of obviously him being there when the rape was taking place um was actually what was in my head when i was thinking of him being um emblematic of what i think the lack of action that happens in society at large being that but you're very right i think that's completely true um did anybody else get that impression from his character or did you get an impression from any other characters at all i I did as well but especially in the scene after she's gone missing and is murdered and i think it's the fbi or something comes into his office and he thinks that they're going to ruin his career and he's more interested in the fact that this video could have been l- released. So when they're saying, look, she's gone missing, she's officially a missing person. This is somebody who he has, you know, pretty much fallen head over heels in that in that kind of romantic sequence, which I thought was a bit odd, cringe. that whole sequence. <laughs> yeah. A purposely cringe, um, I feel. Purposely <laughs> yeah. cringe, yeah, definitely. Um, so he's, he, he's in love with this person, even if they have just quickly broken up there's probably some feeling there but he's he's just basically like well no I'm not going to do anything about Mm. that I'm not going to help you she is missing we don't know where she is but he's basically like oh she's mentally unstable oh that's just what yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) exactly I was not shocked Um, because obviously he's protecting himself but I was just mm. thinking come on you've got the information you've got the address you know I think that's a perfect sum up of of the scene prior where she confronted him in the doctor's office and there is absolutely no desire on his face or in conversation or in his action to reassure or to say, look, I didn't want to be there. I, you know, this, I do feel bad. I have such regret. Won't you forgive me? There was none of that. He was just like, oh, I was young. I was dumb. I was stupid, but don't ruin my career. You know, Mm -hmm. my career, my career, my career. That was like the biggest thing. And yeah, he just, he threw her away the minute Mm -hmm. he'd been, you know, caught out for doing so, something. Robert, did you get that as well from that character or did you get something else like, from like, perhaps like Bowman's character? Uh, like, 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 like in terms of just his character in general or like before the reveal? I just, do you know what? Uh, both. Both and anybody other, any other characters that you want to highlight as well. Don't feel constrained I mean, well, <laughs> to just that. Well, so, so, so I didn't really notice like a lot of the foreshadowing to it. I just noticed it more just because I thought to myself, again, like he seems too good to be true. And also given the subject, given the kind of the, the fact that the film is about nice guy culture, it's very much, I think it's mm-hmm. kind of telling you from the beginning to like not be too trustworthy. Like, yeah, he seems genuine, but like. He's it, it, like something about it. I was just like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, there's going to be some some kind of a reveal. But again, I didn't expect the reveal that they did of him just being present. Uh, like, of, of him being president. Really, 
yeah, yeah, of him of him yeah. being present at the rape of like Nina, um, uh, her friend who she's basically trying to avenge, and so 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 that's that I found surprising, and you know I was very I, yeah yeah I was pretty disgusted with him when he didn't like like he had so many opportunities to redeem himself and he never took it you know and i think yeah uh, completely i completely and when you think about it it's like at the end as well like the that the phone that has the video on it got sent to the police so one way or another that video is going to get out and he's probably going to have his career ruined anyway so it's an interesting uh point you bring up there robert and it's something i talked do you prefer rob by the way i'm sorry i I I keep calling you robert you don't care, cool. Says uh, so something I bring it up with a friend of mine uh, in discussion of this, um, and um, something we talked about was the ending has perhaps been controversial uh, in the sense that she, as a character, has to die to have justice or at least have some sense of completion. Uh, and I personally felt away from the um, perhaps the outside criticism of it because I went into this film very blind it almost felt to me complete that she did die because I felt like if she had continued I couldn't see how her life could go back to any semblance of normality after this there was no way in my head that I could see things falling back into some place and almost much like Rachel you were talking about the beginning the way in which it's shot the the pastel colors the childlike areas of it it almost felt as if she had regressed or her life had actually ended already and that she had like stopped living already in this she had already accepted that like death was something that was to come um uh, particularly when she realizes that you know ryan was there at the rape of nina um how did you all feel in regards to the ending and the climax of her dying but getting justice through death um because it has been something online that has caused a bit of controversy uh, whoever wants to shout out first just go for it i'm not gonna lie i was kind of annoyed that she died yeah so that whole scene yeah. where he's suffocating her for Whoa. one it takes like 15 minutes it's intense to suffocate isn't someone. it and it's really, really hard to suffocate someone with a pillow. It takes ages. So the whole time I'm watching it, and I'm like going, I reckon she's going to like fake it and mm. then pop back up later. Yeah, I think Killing Her was kind of like the opposite of a horror movie. You know, the final girl trope and, you know, the woman always surviving and coming through at the end. And I think they wanted like to have that kind of... Subverting of that? Yeah, I don't know if martyr is the right word, but like... It just, it kind of bugged me because then it's like she's done all of this. She survived all these men. She's put up with all of these men yeah. and their, their, their personal issues that they have indoctrinated onto her X, Y, and Z. And then she gets suffocated with a pillow at a stag party in a nurse costume. And it's just mm. all of that just by the man that she hates. And it just always like so... I don't know. It just felt so. Did you feel? Anticlimactic. Yeah, I, I was about to say. Did it feel anticlimactic for you? It's like uh, it took the yeah. words out of my mouth there. It... And then you got those gross bro chats over her dead body, where they're like, "Yeah, bro, don't worry about it." Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. I feel like it was code. quite an interesting add of humour there because. Oh yeah, I liked that scene, but it just yeah. annoyed me that she didn't get up and like stab, stab them. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 an interesting one because in some ways, obviously, comparing this to Revenge thrillers is going to happen and uh, a couple of reviews i've read of it and you know discussions with my fellow film critics as well is that the film although is about that subject material it doesn't follow the same structure as a revenge 
film. It follows a different structure and it doesn't follow the same three part act that you see in perhaps like I Spit on Your Grave, where you have something that follows it, that three act structure of revenge. Um, but yeah, no, I, I completely see where you're coming from. I, I felt quite good. It felt for me that it made sense that she died. Like, but I can completely understand why after following this I protagonist think- for so long that it felt anticlimactic. Yeah. I think in a strange way as well. I'm picturing it now. If you saw her like walking out of the cabin in a ball of flames, that kind of hero <laughs> ending. It doesn't. You know, it wouldn't click, right? Weird lipstick. It kind of yeah, because then you'd have all the questions of like, well, what the hell is she going to do now? Yeah. Although her death feels more perhaps, although this is a fantasy world in the sense mm. of that the story is fantastical, not the subject material. Like the story, the subject material is very real. I feel like her dying is realistic. Like that's far more realistic. What what did you what did you guys think as well? Obviously, um, you know, Robert I think Lucy. it's like sorry. I think it's like a touch Jump of in. realism in a candy coloured world almost. Mm-hmm. And um, I was watching a um, interview with Emerald Fennel, and she said that they decided to. She asked her father in law how long it take to suffer suffocate somebody and he said two and a half minutes so then they made that death scene that long and I thought that was a really interesting decision and that scene is so uncomfortable and actually it's really quite hard to watch, to watch. Isn't it? it's really um, hard oh, yeah no uh, it, it's difficult yeah Carry on, it's Lucy, not sorry. usually yeah sorry um usually with these kind of um violence violent kind of revenge thrillers you feel good when she kills the men <laughs> But you don't feel good mm. in this film. Yeah, no, definitely. It 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 almost feels cathartic. Yeah, de- no. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> I, it it's you feel like no, completely. Like you you have these moments where you know it doesn't feel like when she meets these people that have done her wrong or Nina wrong that she's seeking for them to be killed, but rather perhaps for them to acknowledge what they've done. Robert, did you get that as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely got it. And you know, I was I was taken for a ride because I thought that like. Because, like, because before I saw the film, I assumed that the, she was gonna, she was on some sort of like serial killer path. But when I actually started watching it, I'm like, oh, okay, that's 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 not what she's doing. She's more trying to like scare them straight. Um, and mm. she, it's only really at the end in that final bit where she crosses the line into like outright full violence, or, or starts to cross the line into outright full violence, and. Um, and that was, and you know, and I think that that was part of the point that they were trying to say, like, you know as smart as she is she's not good fit she's not like just well trained for these kind of violent situations that could happen so that's probably why she partially like got smothered that way like if she were more prepared then maybe she could have somehow like fought him off and um Mm -hmm. i mean i don't know if i bought the like like the guy being able to get out of the cuffs um so i won i was wondering to myself like oh did, did, did she on purpose buy like weak cuffs or yeah, those or... cuffs aren't. They're, they're not police cuffs. They'll break. Okay, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah I, 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 <laughs> I speak from experience. Yeah. They break. Those fluffy ones are rubbish. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just wondering if that was purposeful. I was wondering if she on purpose got weak cuffs. If she, if she on purpose, no. or if she just made a mistake or whatever. Like a like. I didn't, I didn't mistake, know whether or not that was convenient or whether or not that was intentional on the character's part or whatever. I, I think the most sense it makes is. He's a tough guy, so he'd probably be able to get out of those cuffs for fairly easily. Um, yeah, I mean, well, well, that ending definitely it took it took you for a spin because it gave you both the absolute downer and also probably the biggest, the the most 
cathartic ending possible for this film as well. Yeah, it's a good word. And, you know, and I will admit that, like, when I was watching it, I did question the plausibility of some of it. But ultimately, I thought to myself, like, okay, well, this probably could happen. And, you know, in this world, it it is more of a heightened reality. Maybe this could happen. And I'm talking about her plan at the end as well. Um, And, you know, and, and I was kind of at first wondering to myself, like, Oh, I don't know. Is the film is the film trying to say that like the only way for her to win is that she had to die, or is it trying to say that like you know she was like a dead woman walking the whole time, and that this was kind of always what was going to happen? Like I like I, I you know, and I am still slightly debating that in my mind. But I think the best conclusion I can come to is she didn't want to die, but she thought to herself, "There's a potential that there's the possibility that I could." And possibly, if, yeah, it's if an that interesting happens, one. Though. And it's like, if that happens, then I'm going to make sure that I screw this guy over mm. in a manner yeah, that definitely. won't be possible if I'm alive. Yeah, it's interesting because I got a perhaps a, a different take on that because it, I, I took it as almost particularly those scheduled messages, particularly her signing off with uh, her friend's name and her own. It gave me the feeling that she she wanted to die and this was like a suicide mission for her and that she wanted to be with her friend almost and complete that with the necklaces one being nina one being hers but i can see what you mean because it does leave it up to your interpretation of whether she felt she was going to get out mm-hmm. um and you know it it's it's very it is open it is open on that end but it doesn't feel as I said before, for me, it did feel almost complete with her death. And I get what you're saying and perhaps what you're saying, Rachel, and, and others online, that perhaps her death, A, anticlimactic, or B, although I, I won't lie, seeing her suffocate was not like anticlimactic. I was like, Jesus, what is going on? <laughs> like, that was like, oh my God. <laughs> but the but or perhaps a betrayal of the fact that she as a female character has to die to get some semblance of like story completion. For me, it felt more like she was already very empty and hollow due to the depression and the issues that she had faced in the wake of her friend's death. But it's very interesting, um, the debate that has been caused on this subject, because it is very up to to interpretation, as you were saying, Robert, like, did she want to die? Did she actually go there seeking that end? You know, and I think that shows of the quality of the film. And, you know, talking, we are here to talk about Carrie Milligan as a as an actress. You know, her performance in this is fantastic. Yeah, like I agree, she absolutely. is genuinely oh man, I was so like invested in her and like the scene particularly for me, which I was like, Jesus, this is like intense. There were two for me, and they're very much with her well, there's so many intense ones, but there was two which emotionally I was like, Jesus, is one where she confronts the dean over her lack of action, which is very interesting yeah. because there are two two female characters that she confronts over their lack of action over what they did, which is fascinating as well. And then also her confrontation of Alfred Maloney, who I think is an amazing actor. And they've been, interesting enough, the only two performances where she's been Oscar nominated, I believe, are with him in it as well, with an education, which I'm sure we'll touch upon. Um, that that discussion where she she changes her mind on punishing this person or, you know, he acknowledges what he did. And that I feel like that gives you a semblance of her psychology and the way she behaves in that scene. It's almost as if she's, that's all she wanted for an acknowledgement of what they did. Uh, but yeah, her performance was amazing. I'm sure you all agree. No, I agree. Absolutely. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one scene in that film, <clears throat> excuse me, which I think, I mean, I don't know, Lucy, if you've ever been in this position, 
But that moment where she's sitting in the car on the freeway and she's got like her head on the wheel and the guy oh, drives yeah, up next to starts shouting at her. Hmm. And she just looks at him and she gets out with the tire iron. And that when I watched that film, like when I watched that scene, I was like, that is it. That is when women are just done. No offense to you guys, but we are just done with men where we are just like, you are pulled apart as a woman, not necessarily by men, but by society in so many diff different directions. Have a job, but be a mother. Be a caregiver, but be independent. You know, make your own money, but then don't demasculate your husband or your partner. There's all these directions, you know, be hot, but don't be too slutty. You know, it's it's every direction for a woman constantly, all the time. It, and yeah, I feel really. that scene where she's just got her head on the wheel and he just is like swearing at her and doing the usual like guy in a truck attitude kind of. I think that's what they were trying to portray with the look of him in the truck. He was very macho air quote. And I just, that scene sat with me. There's been so many times where I've just sat in positions where I've just been like, I cannot give any more to these men because it just doesn't fit the mold of whatever it is that they're looking mm. for from a woman. Mm. Or I cannot yeah. give any more to a male-dominated society's perception of yeah. a woman. Yeah. And that hit home as a woman. She's been through all that stuff and then she's just exhausted. And there are so many times where I think as women, and I think women watching that film, will just pick up on the, when she's talking to all the male characters, you can just see that level of exhaustion mm. of just, oh, I have to deal with you again mm -hmm. and your garbage that you bring to the <laughs> table. And, you know, my husband's always like, you're such a man hater. And I'm like, I'm not a man hater. I'm just tired of having to fit something that doesn't exist. Yeah, it, it's not mm. man hating, it's the society that is toxic masculinity. And I feel mm, like yeah. this film does a really good job of like highlighting that, much like we were discussing with Ryan's character. I don't think he's necessarily like what's the word? I'm not I don't I know I didn't get from his character that he's an evil man or Yeah, like yeah, that. he's not evil at all. Well <laughs> Well well what I was gonna say is he's kind of weak and pathetic, yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. And he's pathetic to these toxic bro like guys that you see near the end of the film we actually see the enemy i guess as it were um they're like these typical as you say they're having bro jokes over a corpse and there is a funny scene in or levity in a scene that's incredibly intense um it it, it doesn't feel as if like oh his character is a scumbag necessarily ryan's this is but rather he's a weak man that's mm. been like affected by toxic masculinity in our society I and he's such, <laughs> yeah, he's such a he's coward. He's such a coward. Yeah. I feel all the times when he was like, um, like almost asking the right questions of her, like, oh, do you want to come up to my flat? Oh, do you want to do these things? Oh, I'm I'm happy to take it slow. I felt like he was playing them in a very rehearsed way, where he in his mind he's going, Oh, this is the thing I have to say to keep this going. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't feel like he was genuinely supporting her when he said those things. I felt like he was like oh, I know what I meant to say to a woman. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, um, I don't know if anyone else picked up on that. Well, but yeah, it just, I was, was going to yeah. throw that to Robert yeah. and Lucy. Lucy, did you, from what Rachel said, I mean, again, I don't want to put people on the spot because obviously, <laughs> you know, it is a very charged subject matter. Um, but, you know, did you get those effects from those scenes? I, that no, yeah, I really agree with Rachel because it's one of those situations where you can tell that they want something that's a bit more of an ulterior motive. And mm. by framing it in a way that seems like they're just holding back a bit, maybe they can get you on your side, like on their side or whatever. And maybe you can trust them a bit more. So by carefully saying these things, oh, 
we can go at your pace or you don't have to come up if you don't want to. (laughs) It's a way to just, you know, speed up the relationship, even if the other person wants to take it quite slow or something. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, don't come up to my place if you don't want to. But, oh, we've accidentally walked to my apartment. I literally nearly threw my computer across the room with that scene. (laughs) (laughs) That is just happened. Oh, my God, that was that is like my level of rage. The amount of times where you will talk to men in life or whatever. And as a woman, you're talking to them in a non-sexual, normal pacing like, hey, blah, 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 blah. And they will drop it in and you'll be like, where did you get that from? Mm-hmm. Where did you pick up on that from? And I feel like her, the amount of times I've walked away from situations and I've wanted to punch a bin or throw something or just be like, Jesus Christ, we can all, everybody's everyone's friend. Let's just be friends. But men are like, <laughs> come up to my apartment. Oh, look, we're here. Yeah. And you're just like, oh man, I thought we were just, I thought we were just going to go bowling and maybe tanning. Why are we now at your house? Well, I, I think know. I think that I think that's something to 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 parallel it with. Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, 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 sorry, I just want to. Um, uh, yeah, jump so, in, Robert. So, yeah, yeah, go so, ahead. So, uh, uh, first of all, Rachel, you're awesome. Uh, second of all, um, as I scream about men. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you are. You are. Um, so, so what I wanted to say about so 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 we were talking about uh, uh, Carrie Mulligan and I agree. Like in this mm. film. Like weirdly enough, I almost felt like she was auditioning for a Saw film because she was very jigs. Because I felt that she was very, very jigsaw-like. Almost, it was kind of like it was uh, watching the film is almost like a Saw film, but without like the traps. Like it's just this yeah. person, and it's just kind of psychological. But it's these same kind of games where she's testing people, and she's kind of saying like, you know, you have to like it. But instead of the stuff in like, you know, in the sort films, it's mm. more like, oh, I want you to admit what you did was wrong or something like that. Is that this uh, is this where we start trending hashtag Curry Mulligan for Saw? Is that what we're doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't let them make another one of those films. they 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 are making yeah. more. So maybe yeah. Um, Wait, are they? Yeah. Well. Well, no, they shouldn't be allowed. What's this isn't the, the subject. This isn't the subject. This isn't the subject. Carry on, Robert. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, so, but like, but, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be like, like, she conveyed like two things very well in her performance. Like, first of all, she kind of conveyed that sadness that comes from like you know losing a friend, like you know how defeated she was by grief, you know, by by her former friend, like you know dying and stuff, and then. And and also all the baggage that came with that as well, and she she did a great job conveying that. But then but then I think it was the scenes where she was confronting people where I was really really scared of her, and I wasn't scared because like it, the film made me feel like I was one of the people that she was confronting, even though I was in agreement with what she was saying. I still felt like I was the one being confronted, and that's partially because of the way they direct it. You know how it's just her on screen. You know it's just it's just her and then the other person and it's just it's them individually so whenever it's her it's like it's almost like she's looking down at you and mm-hmm. um what I absolutely and and what I absolutely and and she just conveys like you know in it's my, mostly just in her voice the way she conveys the venom the fury and also the the pure intimidation as well of what she's doing and you know combine that with the stuff that she does it makes it's it's a character that i was kind of scared of because i was thinking like, I, I think you are capable of doing some bad things, but I think as the film goes on, you kind of realize, like, no, she's not actually a bad person. She doesn't actually, she, she doesn't actually want to, like, you know, do anything terrible. She's just like testing these people, you know, which you you kind of see, and you and some of them te- these tests are pretty like 
I mean, the stuff, the the thing that was done with like Alison Brie was like, yeah, was like, wow. I was like, wow, okay. I, I for a second I thought that they actually, yeah, I, I thought. But that then too. they revealed yeah. that she didn't, you know, which is good. But I mean, you know, it's still pretty dark to do that. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. No, but like, yeah. so, so in that sense, it's like, so she did a great job at being both scary and also totally sympathetic, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Carry on, Lucy. I agree. Sorry. Um, but I think there's a really interesting kind of duality with her character. So sometimes she's very sweet and her voice actually sounds different when she's being really quite aggressive and um, quite attacking somebody, I suppose. But Another time, she's very kind of sweet and nice, and there's a complete kind of different change to her character, which is really, really interesting. Um, and I just found her whole kind of personality. I mean, I don't think you could call her a psychopath, which I think is quite interesting because a lot of these films that are all about revenge, they kind of mm. ask you to yeah. be like, well, is this person not human or are they, you know, a psychopath or something? And she never mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. She always mm-hmm. has this kind of emotional core, but maybe you can't quite read her as the audience, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. I, I completely agree. I, and it's very interesting you mentioned that emotional core, because I think they even talk about in the film, or at least his her mother mentions, um, or maybe it's Nina's mother says about Nina's principles and morals and her being good. It's almost as if she's very influenced by those morals that Nina was there in her life early on. And... Um, I feel like I, I really agree with you. Her performance between almost an innocent character who's very softly spoken to them becoming this sort of fury that's like coming down upon people like a hellstorm uh, almost. Like, you know, particularly in that final scene when she is killed, there is this sense of like the tension in that scene building from her, the way she was talking was becoming like, she went from being really innocent being like, Oh, you know, you know, you, you, the nice guys are the ones that always get out of hand and stuff like that to then snapping and going, you know, tying him up and then talking about like what she's going to do to him and why. Um, I'm so, oh, sorry. 
No, no, I was also going to say, I like in that scene as well, that she was saying, when I heard your name, you know, I wondered how many people had talked about Nina's name and like, I'm going to carve it into you. It was almost as if she wanted Nina to be heard and to be like, like have her voice stay and her name be there. You know what I mean? I I really enjoyed that scene and it kind of added to that sort of like emotional core that perhaps this Nina, well, not perhaps, I think definitely this Nina was for her. Go ahead, Rachel, fire away. Um, An interesting thing with that film, I don't know if anyone picked up on it, um, and it's a massive, massive mirror to the real world of, of women and our women needs, um, is they all the men call her a psychopath, right? But you have to also, when you watch that film, realise she actually doesn't do anything violent mm. at all at those points. And there's one bit where she sits down and she goes, I haven't done anything to you. And he's going, you're a psychopath, you're this, that, and the other. Mm. All the men call her psychopaths. And there was, there's an age-old phrase where they'll say, every man will have a crazy ex-girlfriend but no woman has a crazy ex-boyfriend because he'll usually be the one who ends up murdering her, which is a very interesting mm. phrase. Obviously, it's, it's, really it's very wide and generalised. But um, no, That's fine. Don't worry. Be wide yeah. and generalised. <laughs> but the, the essence <laughs> of that is every guy I've ever been mm. pals with or met or ex-boyfriends I've had, they'll always be like, oh, yeah, my ex was crazy. It just rolls off the tongue like mm. a gumball. Rolls that's off very the interesting. That's really Everyone interesting. Everyone will go. She, yeah, my ex-girlfriend's crazy. My ex-girlfriend's crazy. My ex-girlfriend's mm. crazy. And some of those times, I'll know that ex-girlfriend. I live mm. in a small town. I'm pals with her. I'm like, nah, she's mine, man. <laughs> you don't say it because I like to I like to see uh. it happen, you know, and every single time it happens. And so when I was watching that film, all the guys were like, she's a psychopath, psychopath, psychopath. And it was coming out before she'd even done, done anything. anything. Yeah. That was incredibly violent or incredible incredibly evil yes what she did was intrusive and Mm. misleading but i wouldn't ever say it was psychopathic in the the main term that we regard it as so it was funny that they chucked that label on her so quickly oh you psychopath and i'm like girl i've heard that all before (laughs) just um (laughs) I must agree with Robert, by the way. You are amazing, Rachel. But uh, Many men have called me a psychopath. <laughs> I, they're wrong. Ignore them. How dare um, they? How dare they? I, I, I can't recall now. Does the Dean call her a psychopath? Which would be interesting because perhaps I the Dean... I think she might, but I'm not but sure. It's interesting yeah, that sure, because I yeah. think the Dean, very much as a female character, um, gets like she's very much confined by that definition of what a male... Uh, expectations of her role Mm. Um, and her exactly yeah her actions are stepping like being like oh you know yeah i have to give them the benefit of the doubt you know innocent until proven guilty you know i I felt her behavior was very much you know one of my favorite words emblematic if (laughs) or at least uh, representational of like the um the the what is expected of a strong female like male position dominated position because when you hear a dean my head always goes to community with the dean and community but i am always like associated that's a male sort of centric role i guess and she is in a position where it's like what is her expectations of like being a female person in that role and giving these boys the benefit of the doubt i felt like that's really interesting that she also called her a psycho as well and the as you say the male dominated characters you know well, it's kind of like that. Um, the film, I think it was either The Crown or it was The Iron Woman, the Iron Lady, the film about Thatcher, where she's in those meeting rooms all the time and she's being this stern, harsh woman and she's purposefully evil to the other men on the board. And then when she's with her husband, she's quite soft and you see her cry. I can't remember if it was The Crown. Or anyway. the Iron Lady. And 
ah, there we go. And it's that that juxtaposition where the woman in power has to just be like, I'm going to be really cruel, even Still though faced. that may, mm. yeah, that may not be my internal desire. Yeah. I mean? So I wonder yeah. if that was kind of like what you were saying. You know, yeah. maybe she was playing that role. You'll never know. You know, we'll never know. But it's it's great. I think that shows how good this film's probably spoken to all for, four of us. I was about to say yeah. all three of us there, not including myself. I was about to say you guys, uh, but all four of us. I think it shows how that film's really sat with us and how we're thinking about it because you know that scene with the dean is one scene and she is a a minor character and it goes back to what you said robert at the beginning small characters in this still are ones that we care about and become impacted by because i think it's so well written now we're talking about it i want to give this film a higher rating i gave it four out of five but i'm like should i give it four and a half like this was great (laughs) this was really good (laughs) i mean there's only a few tens on my list of greatest films so but it's up there it's up it there. It's getting that, there. Um, Robert said earlier, which which made me think, as obviously because we're talking about ratings and people seeing it, is um, when Robert was saying it, like he watched it and he was like, "Should I feel bad about mm. certain confrontational scenes?" But then, as a woman and Lucy, I don't know if you feel the same. I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> down Bo Burnham, he's dreadful in Parks and Rec." No. Yeah. and I want to know. He what is terrible like. in Parks and Rec. <laughs> but we all love Parks and Rec. I love Parks and Rec. I've just finished rewatching it again. It was amazing. Same. Anyway, so <laughs> let's talk about Parks and Rec. It's yeah. good. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but like, I wonder. I mean, I've only watched, as I said, I watched it alone here yesterday, and I would, I, I kind of want to see. And I talked about it with a, a a friend of mine today when I was out with my dog, and we were having a chat about it. And I was like, I'm really interested to see now if I watched it with male a male friend, how they would feel. Would they feel like Robert? you know, or yeah. would they feel how I felt? So is every man watching it going to feel that attack way and all the women are going to be like, God, I, I certainly... sit in my car and cry. To make it specifically, obviously, I didn't literally think it was an attack on my views or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, was saying, I, was like, I never pick up women in clubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no. <laughs> yeah like, it, it, like, like, I'm not saying it was like a personal attack on me. It was more just that I felt like, I felt like the person who was being attacked, you know? It's like, I felt mm. like, yeah, I think the way it's shot does that. I think it does do that. I think it does mm. a good job. Of yeah, that. yeah, um, and it also kind of does. And what the film does as well, with like the cinematography too, is it kind of is it, it, in almost every single shot. There's like a lot of negative space, which I, I really mm. noticed mm. that there was a lot of negative space. And I was thinking to myself, like, that's because the film is also kind of about. It's not just about the present, but it's also about the past. And I think that that negative yes. space is sort of an allusion to like. There's stuff, you know, that like there's stuff going on. There's stuff going on. That it's like the past is in the room with them, isn't it? Yeah, and then the film, yeah. and then the very the final shot of the film is that of the text, isn't it? And then, then it zooms oh. in, so you could argue kind of that it's almost very... like, yeah, it's now like everything. Everything has been taken care of as much as it can be, you know. Uh, also, I have to say that, it, uh, and again on other technical aspects as well, it's like, like I've seen that the song, that Angel in the Morning song, used many many times in movies. But it was yeah, it had an impact. Yeah, it was used so well here. It was yeah, so amazing. well timed that I didn't care. I was like, no, it, it it was. If anything, it was the thing that was responsible for giving me the feeling of catharsis at the end. Yeah, like, same. I had the exact same experience with that song. Yeah. Like literally the exact same, Robert. Like I had almost like a release when that was playing. It felt like yeah. 
Oh God, it's, oh, it's come to an end. Soundtrack to touch on that. The soundtrack was great. Even Paris Hilton in this, I was like, this totally works. This like, <laughs> I was like, this works. Yeah, Paris Hilton with the jam. I was like, this I was candy totally pop. There for the Paris <laughs> yeah, I was like, this candy pop sort of love song. You know, that's like over the top and it doesn't feel real. I was like, this totally works. This is like so well done. So yeah, I completely agree with you, Robert. The soundtrack. What? It's What's great. Really funny is if you really think about it, let's all be honest with our core selves right now. All of those songs. <laughs> what are you going to tell me? <laughs> I'm going to get emotional. I'm emotional. No. Are you going to tell we me I love Paris Hilton? Is that what we're going to get to here? She is an icon, man. She is an icon. <laughs> but that's not the point. If we're all honest with ourselves, none of the songs that were played in that film are ever going to be on anyone's playlist. Those songs all individually. Oh, no. Face back. no Aren't okay. you of the morning? What are you talking about? That's a great Sucks. song. No. Uh, oh, what are you yeah. talking about? Let, Meet what? me outside. Fight me. No. I, Jesus. I, I don't want to, Rachel. I feel like you'd hurt but me. But I just I, feel I, like I feel like all of those songs are those very kind of like, you know, Oshio's pop cheesy songs that we all hear on the radio and we all go, yeah, 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 whatever about. But they never really like impact us massively. We don't go out of our way to listen to them. It's not a song you'd put on at a party. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've... I don't know what you're doing with Paris Hilton, but that's chill, man. That's you. I don't know. But then, I... They're played in this film, and then you go, yeah, that's a banger. That slaps hard. But it doesn't. But you think that it does, and it makes you for that one second go... That was perfect. I, I think I'll that... have to respectfully disagree with that because there's the, <laughs> the the first track. I agree with what you're saying with it being like uh, almost like a hyper pop um, because uh, super sugary. Yeah, that kind of the like... first the first track yeah. is Charlie XCX uh, with boys and like it, it that that like song. Um, Charlie XCX is a part of like a real like different sort of record label sort of production where it's like over the top like pop music, which I particularly like, but I don't think a lot of people will click with that. But um, it, that choice of Charlie XCX is of significance, I guess, or at least that style of pop music, because it is, as you say, hyper pop. It's like very like uh, over the top. Um, but I respectfully disagree. Angel Morning's a great song. I'm just going to say that. But carry on. Oh, I heard Lucy. That. I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Lucy. Um, I really liked all the kind of music choices because it's all yes, Lucy. hyper, yes. hyper <laughs> pop. And maybe I wouldn't listen to it on the daily. But I thought it was really interesting that it's all very hyper feminine and hyper mm. kind of like girls going out on the town kind of thing. It's all really feeding into Cassie's character, which I thought was really interesting from just a soundtrack point of view. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. Well, Paris Hilton is like the embodiment of that kind of person, isn't she? She's very yeah. pink. She's very bubblegum. She's like, she is the A-lister yeah. Glitter queen again, icon. She's an icon. Her music's not for me, but I can respect her. You know, making her money. I just want to make clear, I'm not also a fan of Paris Hilton's music, but that's a lie. No, (laughs) I've got a poster of her in my room. I'm sorry. I wouldn't blame you. She's an icon, but um, yeah, it is incredibly. All of it is very hyper feminine. You know, hens night out, that kind of cringy lifestyle. But you know, um, it all just plays in together with that hyper feminine Kinder Mm -hmm. pastel. Thing. I kind of, it was when you were talking about earlier when she changed her voice, I kind of had this mentality of those two people. I had Coffee House Carrie when she's mm. all night and then <laughs> yeah. Nightclub. Yeah, nightclub yeah, version yeah. of her and it, like, it was like cut down the middle. Bang, I'm going to wear pastels yeah. and bows in my hair. I'm going to listen to your mission. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm going to wear like gold and red lipstick and it's going to be hard yeah. club techno something in the background feels. With that in mind, I guess, with like her performance in mind, did we like, 
do we feel this is one of her best performances? Do we feel like this is a performance that she should like? I know the Oscars this year are, um, from what I understand, I'm not the biggest follower of the Oscars, but from what I understand, the best actress like category is quite open. Do we feel that she's got a strong like position to win? And also, how do we feel this compares with her other films, like other films that we've seen with her in? Do we feel this is one of her top ones, or do we feel this is one that's like, yeah, this is one's good, but there's this one that I prefer? Um, just opening it up to that discussion as well because i feel like we all really enjoyed this film and think her performance is like outstanding but i just wonder if we felt like how it fits in this year and how it fits in her career yeah i would say sorry i i I would say uh yeah i i know i would i would definitely say uh probably like uh top three performances of hers uh haven't Mm -hmm. seen every Mm -hmm. single performance so i can't properly rank all of them but definitely if, if if not like two or three then definitely number one um mm. yeah she, I mean, what she would she have, put with her in that yeah she, she would absolutely be my pick for best actress uh, i don't know if she'll win but uh, regardless if she did i would be very very happy yeah yeah completely what uh, what other films would you put up there with performance oh uh so so i would say so like uh i would say pretty much every every performance i've seen from her has been really good but to, mm. so 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 to go back to the one that she was nominated uh, that she was uh, nominated for in 2009 which was kind of deemed her like breakout role uh, in an education um yeah. i thought she was fantastic in that film as well and um i think that she did deserve to win that year and i mean she was beaten by sandra bullock which is kind of unfortunate because it was you know attached to the blind side but i mean you know, at the very least, I mean, uh, Sandra won both an Oscar and a Razzie, and that's pretty respectable uh, <laughs> in that same year. But anyway, so but I would have rather she had won than Sandra. So, if mm. so, I would like it if Carrie won this year. That's fair. I think it is a very, very strong performance. Um, uh, guys, Rachel, what did you think? I feel like a lot of her roles um, have almost led her to this point, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. to really dominate this role like this i feel is like the the film where she absolutely is in control and she is dominating and she is on top with this in her game wise um so yeah she definitely deserves it you know hats off to her i think uh the other film where i was absolutely blown away by her in and it's one that everyone kind of forgets but was shame with michael oh, Fassbender. yeah 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 Oh, Michael Fassbender's a hottie, but that's not the point right now. <laughs> definitely not the point of that film either. That's, oh, <laughs> I um, that's a definitely, uh, if you watch that film going, oh, Michael Fassbender, I would be like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> no, I did watch that film doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, her in, in, in the film Shane was fantastic because yeah, that was when cool. I'd really kind of seen her in a more of a, obviously I haven't watched every single one of her films, but I'd seen her in like Gatsby and things like that, where it was a bit more sort of Hollywood sort of vibe. And, and when I watched her in shame, I was like, yeah, bring it, man. It was so emotionally raw. And mm-hmm. you really saw her absolutely expose herself as an actress. And I was like, this is brilliant. And um, I feel that she's absolutely smashing it out of the park with this one. Give her the Oscar now. Don't even hold the Oscar <laughs> on it. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you with shame definitely. And I think she's got great performances under her belt. I that think... scene where she sings in shame and he's like crying, yeah, sitting at the yeah. bar. Ooh. It's really good. I, I, for me, um, we'll, we'll jump onto Lucy's there, but I think for me, shame is one that definitely hits me. I think another one, uh, which I'd be remiss to not mention, uh, which is in my top films of like 
all time uh, and people have said i'm quite pretentious for putting it up there but drive i think she is like the emotional heart mm. of drive like without her there is not something that you're emotionally beating to like ryan gosling in that film's great but he plays a stoic quiet character whereas she is what you care about and she plays this person that you emotionally are so connected to uh, as you can tell i love that film but it's like it her performance in that is what makes that film have a heartbeat rather than just being you know i'm a driver spinning around like you know going and doing crimes it's more of a I'm here for you and I care about you and you're who I love. And she gives that like emotional weight. Um, yeah, Lucy, what do you, what would you say in terms of this performance in her career? And then I guess, um, you know, what would you say your favorite performance of hers was? I suppose she's always like the emotional part of a lot of the films that she's in. And I think one of my favorite performances of her is Never Let Me Go, which is quite mm. a kind of, maybe not as popular as like shame or drive or inside Llewellyn Davis, but I really like um, how she just is the kind of undercurrent never let me go. And she is the one who, you know, is the person essentially like leading the story until the end. But I really do think every single one of her roles, you remember her and you remember her character and what they went through and everything that happened to them. But, there is some kind of emotional kind of weight that she just brings. And I, I, I don't know if you could teach it or if she just has it kind of naturally, but it's really great because you immediately kind of lock on to her character and you really care about her, even if she doesn't say very much, because even in Drive, she doesn't really say all that much. <laughs> yeah, no, but she's so good in that. <laughs> she's amazing. Um, she's great. Interesting. I've not seen Never Let Me Go, but it is a film. I mean, if other people have seen it, please yeah, do, do jump in, but it's, it's a film opposite her contemp- one of her contemporaries, which is Kira Knightley, who mm. I like. I consider Carrie Mulligan a, not that I dislike Kira Knightley, but I do consider her a better actress. Um, how is she opposite Kira Knightley in that film? I think um, they work quite well because obviously there's Andrew Garfield, so it's the three of them together. Mm. And I can't remember who the director is, but I think they are so well directed that it's quite an even keel. Really, she's not. She is the emotional weight because of where the plot is, but she's not so much of a standout that the other two are just left in the dust, you yeah. know, unable to kind of cope with her brilliance almost. But I think <laughs> she really does kind of like um, it's a, it's an excellent cast movie, mm. and I think it How is did, um, well put together no, as well. What what did you think, Robert? As well with that? Yes, yeah, so, well, because I haven't well, seen. Well, it. in terms of like her acting versus the other acting, uh, I I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Weirdly enough, like. Uh, she did well in the film, but I felt that Kira and Andrew Garfield, I thought that both of them were stronger. And the reason why is, yeah, and the reason why is just because I felt that their roles were a bit more emotional, whereas her role was a bit like, was very, very downplayed. Aside from a couple mm. of moments, for the most part, she was very, very emotionally like repressed. Um, so, and I felt that Kira Knightley and Andrew Garfield, both of them got more moments to kind of show a lot of emotion like you know like there's there's one particular scene like a very like major scene towards the end where i could read all of the emotions that um the garfield's character was going through and all i could read on mulligan was just like kind of it's uh, I, I mean i can't describe it without like, without like spoiling it for people who haven't seen it but i read <laughs> a lot more into garfield's performance than i did hers um, but I watched a bit, so, so that was interesting because I also watched uh, The Great Gatsby as well. And 
and with it, and that's a performance that she actually has said mm. that she's not that proud of. Uh, she doesn't like her work in that film. And I didn't realize that. Yeah, and that's surprising because her performance is very, very good in that movie. I, yeah, I, I would agree. I mm. actually think um, my my opinion on Great Gatsby is that I actually think the film itself. I love the book, The Great Gatsby, but the film itself it, it, I don't like, but the performances I do like. Like I think her performance is great, and Leonardo DiCaprio's performance is is great as well. And the film itself is almost like Baz Luhrmann has read Great Gatsby and then done some like cocaine or something, and then gone, <laughs> yeah. like let's make Great Gatsby. Well, that's, that's <laughs> more more colors, more hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like the performances carry that film for me so i didn't realize she said that i I, i'm actually a bit shocked yeah yeah Um, yeah i think i think what she just said was she she just felt that she couldn't really match like the grandiose spectacle around her or she couldn't she just felt that she wasn't she just wasn't on her best or something like that no no it's not her exact Mm. words you can look up like what she said but um but yeah i mean and and i could somewhat see that because the character of daisy in i'm sure in the books you know she's a bit more fleshed out but in the film she just kind of felt like the standard you know love interest to mm. to uh, uh the main gatsby character even though it, like even though yeah. there, there, mm-hmm. there, there, there wasn't it's not like there was no character it just felt like she was given a bit of the short shrift you know uh, perhaps but yeah even perhaps. then she still did really well with what she had she did it's a weird one with gatsby not to become like uh the english literature student i am <laughs> so don't like dissect gatsby but it's it's almost as if like you know her character Daisy is meant to be this very like um, almost depressed empty person because she's got what she wanted but nothing really makes her happy and you know very much like everybody in that where you have like Leonardo DiCaprio Gatsby longing to be with her but actually longing for what it represents rather than her as a person I felt like she actually really showed like an empty sort of person who's kind of hollow by this life they're living and very much like a almost i always look at it as because i did history and literature i i I always look at gatsby as almost like a book that is foretelling of the wall street crash because it's almost like there's this world that cannot be like uh continued it's not um like possible and that's the problem i found with that film that baslam didn't capture that he just captured the Exactly. Like it, it, he didn't capture how this world cannot perpetuate. He captured like, oh, let's put like modern day music mixed with nineteen twenties music. Yeah. That'll do it. And I'm like, <laughs> well, actually, no, yeah, that's not that's not how it works. Yeah, well, well I, I actually, so, 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 I do disagree with that aspect. I mean, I, I, I will yeah. agree that his direction was a bit too like uh, uh, flashy for its own good. Like you know, like like I think in the first act that was kind of where it was at its worst. In particular. Um, I really hated the constant like zoom ins and the quick editing and like especially the weird like frame rate that you kept on doing as well. I don't know, like it's it's weird for me. Frame rate is very like notable with films, and I just kept on yeah, noticing definitely. the kind of the weird movements and stuff. But that was mostly in the first act, and then for the second and third acts, although there was still style, I felt that he still reined it in and did get to the drama of the story, and I did feel like he conveyed the same themes of of what you were talking about i do feel like he i do feel like he still got that across well even whilst mm. he did still i mean he did still romanticize it a little bit but i do feel like mm-hmm. i mean it's partially just because the most part he didn't really change the story that much mm-hmm. i feel like mm-hmm. he did still get to the same overall point j- just in a bit yeah, less I, yeah I mean, way 
Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it's that's the beauty of film. It's it's we're gonna have we're gonna watch the same scene and have two very different interpretations of it, and that's a good thing. Um, and maybe it's something I need to re like rewatch. And it is perhaps my closeness to the book that has a- affected the way I watch that film. But I, I definitely will say her performance fills a lot of the gaps for me. You know, I feel like her performance, and it, that's why I'm so perplexed by her own opinion of her film. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely look up her interview. Um, yeah, I can't imagine what it must be like to. Um, be playing a role where in a book you're like literally described as the reason why someone has done something for like a big portion of their life. Yeah. yeah. You're like, yo, I'm going to buy this house. I'm going to throw these parties and I'm going to get rich just for you. No, <laughs> like, that must be very overwhelming to come across with the, um, I don't know, like the, the joie de vivre, if you will, of the person that he fell in love with. So how do you portray that on screen confidently whilst also still portraying that, as you said earlier, that she that she is she's depressed. She's proper melancholy. She's like she's one cry at the, you know, at the vanity away from getting a Xanax prescription in that film. She's very, very sad. And I get that. But then she's also got to portray this like, you know, I am the, the greatest thing in this guy's eyes. And that mm. must be really, really hard to do. Yeah, and definitely. then also absolutely mug him off at the end. Yeah. I mean, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I mean, for me, um, Gatsby is kind of an unfilmable book. Um, mm. I've, you know, I've watched the Baz Luhrmann version. I haven't quite been tempted with the 1970s version. It's okay. But... It's fine. It's, 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 not, it's not great. It's not great. Yeah, <laughs> so everyone just fine. goes, eh. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, eh. Yeah. 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 Don't bother. Yeah. <laughs> now, every time I've seen the Great Gatsby version, which is maybe twice, mm. I always find that it's, a lot of style over substance, which I don't mind yeah. in um, Romeo and Juliet. I think that really works in Romeo and Juliet. And then you have Great Gatsby, and I'm just like, oh, it's a bit empty. I feel like that with Baz Luhrmann yeah. generally. Like, <laughs> I feel I like Baz Luhrmann. I feel like Baz Luhrmann low key wants to be a stylist more than he wants <laughs> yeah. to be a director. I completely agree with that. And he wants to be wrong. an art director. Yeah, and yeah. that would suit him because I mean, if, especially I mean, I love fashion. I'm I'm quite the addict to it. If you look at the clothes and the the way oh, they were yeah, put together amazing, and the outfits and how they fit the scenes, it's so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it always sticks to me in the Romeo and Juliet one where they're wearing those like Hawaiian shirts on the yeah. Venice yeah. boardwalk. And I mean, I love a good Hawaiian shirt, so I love. I that mean, who well. doesn't? Yeah. Killing it. Let's bring that into style. <laughs> you know, did they ever not go into style? I'm not even joking. I have photos dude, of no, me in many Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, get that out. I kind of really want one, and the singer in my yeah. band has one. And I'm like, give me a Hawaiian shirt. You never wear that. I have like genuinely. I have a wardrobe of Hawaiian shirts. Like it totally works when you. If you guys ever hear of something called Secret Cinema, when um, they have like, uh, say, we, me and Smo, my partner, we went to a, a, a Romeo and Juliet one. We went to a Stranger Things one where they reenact parts from those. Uh, films and stuff i fit right in because i just wear what i usually wear (laughs) but yeah i want a hawaiian shirt man i'm feeling that i'm I'm left out now but it's like i feel that he's yes he's a good director don't get me wrong and i i agree what with robert was saying the frame rates they sometimes throw you out Mm -hmm. um it's like that thing that happened in the early 2000s with horror movies like i don't know if anyone see fear.com and they would do those 13 ghosts and they would do all those really choppy Mm. frame rates it just ruined the movie but um Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, I love you, Baz, but come on now. I know you want to make so, fashion. Just make with, some cool trainers. <laughs> with uh, Carrie Mulligan in those films, though, um, you know, pulling it back to her performance, she does stand out in um, in um, Great Gatsby. And there was a film that I just wanted to touch upon. I'm, you know, I don't want us to go the full two hours of this podcast we could potentially have, but uh, um, we 
you know, we discussed briefly, Robert, there, we mentioned a film called An Education, which she was nominated for. Uh, I watched for the first time today because I wanted to get some films in before uh, we watched today. And her performance uh, is fantastic in it, isn't it? She really stands out um, in the role. Yeah. And you get, she, she just like, it's the, again, as we've mentioned before, almost like the emotional heart of the film she's in. Yeah. And she's also kind of like, because like, what's important about that role is it's definitely, it, it's a combination of, playing somebody who's immature and also somebody who's very mature and she convey yeah. and she perfectly like balances both it also helps as well that she like she kind of she, like although she was 20 she did she did actually pass well for like a 16 year old um she definitely did there's a great line isn't there in it where she's like uh is it something along the lines of i feel i'm old but i feel like naive where she's like talking after everything that's happened um it's uh oh i feel old but not very wise Mm -hmm. and it's exactly what you were saying yeah but but on the age thing i mean i i will admit so 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 i did really like the that film i really i thought it was great like coming of age story it was really well acted uh great cast uh really like 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 very very well directed as well i have to say like the direction they didn't need to like like lone shifter didn't need to like direct the film as well as she did but she did a very good job she made it like very visually pleasing while still capturing that like kind of almost gritty mm-hmm. 60s uh british kind of uh, it, not not like kitchen sink but like but you know like realism versus you, you know, know i like that exaggerated, yeah, it's, it's realistic the, 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 like versus the more exaggerated like rich stuff i mean it, i mean you could argue in a sense that it's more like what gatsby's themes were about than the actual gatsby adaptation you, you, you know in terms of, yeah in terms of just showing that that kind of rich socialized uh, socialite um kind of environment that she then gets pulled into but the, the one problem mm. i did have with film and it was like it so it relies and this i i think you you could say this is spoilers for the film as well for oh, we're, we're deep in spoilers now yeah, man it's it, fine so, <laughs> like so obviously like by the end of it it's revealed that um uh, uh david peter sarsgaard isn't is you know uh kind of a bad guy and yeah but the and i think the film wanted that to be more surprising than it was because the thing is is uh, like and yeah, you know, I understand why this was done, but from the beginning, it's like he's trying to romance a sixteen-year-old. So from the very, yeah. very beginning, uh, I'm already like, yeah. oh, you're a bad guy. Like, like you're. Honest, I agree you're with you. <laughs> so therefore, it wasn't that surprising that he turned out to be a bad guy because it's like, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, and like, I, and obviously, I know that in the sixties, that probably and you know, even now, given our age of consent, that might be deemed okay by certain people. But to other people, it's like you're watching it and you're like, "Ooh, I don't know this this guy." I mean, yeah, yeah I agree with you, Robert. Like, hundred percent. I it wasn't really a twist for me that he wasn't a good guy because he. I agree with you. I was watching it, being like, "This isn't all right. Why is everybody okay with this?" Yeah, well, no, I understood <laughs> that, but yeah, it's just yeah, yeah, definitely. I think from this podcast, what we're taking away is every man in a film is not a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> like as soon as the film starts, like bad guy, dreadful, no, out next. Uh, <laughs> well, no. Do you know what though? <laughs> if in all these films, in both films, uh, education and uh, a pro- a promising young woman, Alfred Maloney, you know, he turns out to be all right. You know, <laughs> like his dad. His dad's he plays her dad in uh, an education, and he's great in it. And uh, in this, you know, he's the one who has the most guilt and realizes what they did was wrong, and and has I almost did, yeah, a I sense was of so, like. I was so grateful for that character in 
promising yeah. young women. I, yeah, I think you needed you just, that. Yeah, you needed someone because I think what the film makes you want to do is pin that on Bo Burnham's character. Yes, but yes. Um, as, the, as as his character progresses, as we've said, you start to see the the cracks. But then you just come to that one guy who you think is going to dismiss her really badly, just because of the way he's set up. He seems creepy from the way he's set mm-hmm, up, doesn't mm-hmm. he? And yeah. that sounds terrible to judge someone, but that's what a film is. No, no it's, do. it does do that. It, it, yeah, you he hear about who this character is. Yeah, you hear yeah. who this character is. You hear he's a lawyer. You have an yeah. expectation of going into it that, like, oh, he bullied her into like saying not to to, to press charges or uh, continue the case. Even and, just um, down, down to his the room they're in, the way he's dressed, you he get looks all that weak. feeling. Yeah, 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 exactly. Untrustworthy, and for him to be the one who is like breaks down. Yeah, I was just like, Yay, yeah, definitely. There's some definitely. Hope. He's also such a good actor. Spider-Man 2, oh, such a good film. I like. We I, only trust lawyers from now on. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> Don't take that from this, listeners. Do not I trust. I love lawyers. <laughs> I love you, lawyers. Yeah, no, I guess um, to, to round up, I guess, because we're getting, I guess we've come full circle back to uh, to Promising Young Woman. Is there any like final thoughts you guys want to say in terms of Promising Young Woman and Carrie Mulligan in general? And, and, and I guess thoughts after our discussion here because i think it's been a really good one i've really enjoyed this guys i hope you have two listeners i hope you've enjoyed us talking about uh carrie milligan and her amazing career is there any thoughts you guys want to like leave with and sum up with and um basically go and review and uh, i guess I'll, I'll start from the bottom on my screen again i'll go back the way i came so lucy what do you feel in review of our conversation um you've have taken away from it i guess <laughs> i was just blown away with watching this film and Carrie Mulligan's performance in it but also if you kind of sandwich it with other I suppose Me Too films that have come out in the last year so I'm thinking like The Assistant and never rarely always sometimes I probably messed up the title in that and then you sandwich like um promising young woman in this and you're thinking wow this is really a moment of where everything's really changing and we're getting something different here and there's different voices but also there's a different way of like navigating kind of feminist politics as well which i think is really exciting so yeah no yeah. definitely, <laughs> definitely. I think a great great point with uh with the discussion over other properties that are coming out because one that i think is fantastic and definitely can be discussed in the same breath as this film and hopefully is going to pick up quite a few awards is uh, i may destroy you which is like so fantastically made and i just i implore everybody to go out there and watch it because it is just so good and definitely watch this as well uh robert yeah what did you your review of i guess our conversation and and just generally carrie mulligan's career oh uh final thoughts uh yeah but uh, both of them are absolutely fantastic and i want to see more of them um I, yeah it, also the, the the other thing i just want to point out as well is um like a couple of like i didn't want to point this to begin with because this, this would seem shallow but 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 i love her appearance and her voice as well uh, I mean, first of all, she looks a lot like Michelle Williams. I think they should probably play twins in a movie. Also, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Also, what I like about her is like she, like she's kind of, um, uh, she's very like beautiful, but in a sort of like realistic way. Um, mm. And that, and yeah. that's something that kind of stands out to me, where like you know she's able to play, she's able to like play both both like glamorous roles and also very like realistic roles because she has a good face mm. for both of them um yeah yeah and also she has a amazingly soothing voice as well she, she actually does have a really beautiful voice if you like listen closely to it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no she's got a very soft 
Oh, no, sorry, that was my dog. Sorry. That's okay. I was about to say, as literally as I said, she's got a very soft, yeah. and we're talking about great voices. We have a dog who doesn't agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, she does have like, as it's, it's, we've said throughout the, the podcast, I guess, the way in which she talks and the way her, the inflection of her voice changes through this performance. She does have a very like soothing voice when it comes to that more like calm portrayal of like what she's going through, particularly in the scene where she's talking to Nina's mum. So I completely agree with you, Robert. I, I like I completely um, her performance in this is just fantastic, and people should really go see it. Uh, last but not least, Rachel, um, if you can, if your dog doesn't want to get intervene, what what are their thoughts? What's your dog's name? <laughs> Valkyrie. She's. Uh, I went the whole. One hour, 19 minutes without her bark. And I was looking I know. at her and I was like, you've done so well. <laughs> what kind of dog here. is she? She's a French bulldog. Oh. I, I haven't, you, I haven't had think? her long. And so she's a bit nervous. She's new to the house. So she keeps barking at everything. <laughs> and I'm like, chill out. We're fine. <laughs> um, everything's okay. We have women vibes today. Um, I think that this film is 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 iconic in regards to the fact, uh, as uh, Lucy was saying as well about the Me Too movement and uh, the feminism rise and stuff like that, it doesn't cram it down your throat, which I like. Yeah. You know, we're not mm. going to go out and stand in Times Square and burn our bras, you know. That doesn't get us anywhere as women. It's the subtlety of this film that makes you go, do you know what, I don't have to, like, wear a pink balaclava and have a placard to get my point across. And that this film is getting that point across. And it is a must-see for both genders, for men and women. You know, it really portrays the point of like, yo, dudes, we're never going to stop these things happening. That's life. You're never going to stop any of these things happening. You can't stop domestic violence from men or women. You can't stop, you know, people getting hammered in bars and taking you away. That's just life. That's what happens. But you can make other people help other people. Yeah. I think it's and, also making people aware of their behavior. Like, yeah, and make, this film makes you be aware of it. It makes you cringe every time someone goes nearer in a bar. And if that resonates with someone, for them to help someone else, two thumbs way up. And as for old Carrie, yeah, man, give her the Oscar. We don't even need to hold it. Let's save money on dresses, whatever. And I really agree with what Robert was saying. Is She has this kind of like, in that film, it's like they didn't try to make her look 30. I don't actually know how old she is. But As, I like well, I, um, now how old she yeah, is. Yeah, in the real world, yeah. In the real world. <laughs> in the real world. That place in the real world. Um, in that, that non-TV world. I think she's um, 35 or yeah. mid-30s. Yeah, yeah. She's got to be a bit older than 30. Beauty. She is 35. Bang on for Lucy. 10 points Woo! or whatever. <laughs> points. Check is in the mail. <laughs> I think that she she's um in the film they don't they don't excessively like airbrush or do any of those things to try and make her look young because she's just naturally the way she looks and she pulls it off very elegantly and I appreciate that in the film. I think it would have been very um I mean, yeah, almost falling into those social boxes that women have to tick if they try to make her look particularly young and try to doll her up and try to mm. make her look screen perfect. So it's nice that they were just like, yeah, let's roll with it. She's very naturally beautiful anyway. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, no, fantastic, guys. I think that's it's been fantastic to talk about Carrie Mulligan's career and particularly focus on this fantastic film that's just come out. Uh, I just want to take a bit opportunity to thank all three of you for being here. I think it's been a really great conversation and uh, I hope you three have enjoyed it too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, as my first time hosting, I must say you guys have been amazing as well. So thank you for being patient with me. 
Um, and I also just want to thank you, the listeners as well, for listening to us and taking part in this. So please do continue to listen to the UK Film Review podcasts and listen and read. We have a great website as well. Uh, we look forward to you being part of our podcast next time. And uh, yeah, just keep listening. And uh, thank you very much for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.